following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. From preps to pros and everything in between, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. No, I just wanted to update you that Tennessee Valley Prep apparently now has a nickname. They're no longer the Valley Boys. They are the Defenders. That's let me, let, let, me, let me just tell you, they will never be the defenders. Not on this show, no. by George. They no. are forever the ba- Valley Boys. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they should have just put three Z's on there I, and I, gave themselves a Hornet mascot. I don't. I don't make the rules. <laughs> yeah. I don't make the rules. That's right. Oh man, what a great <laughs> weekend it was in the world of Tennessee sports. Lady Vols get a win. That's always fun. It defined weekend. I mean, yeah, I guess Friday wasn't great. Thursday. So, okay. So, that wasn't the weekend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's holiday weekend. But, yeah. pretty big, uh, pretty big time player of the week honor here for someone who you know, the team is better without. <laughs> and we're going to talk about John Morant taking the Western Conference Player of the Week honors with Teresa Walker, who joins us now. We'll talk Titans as well here in just a moment. But Teresa Walker joins us, AP sports editor for the state of Tennessee. Teresa, I was told the Grizzlies were worse when John Morant was on the team, I, I'm very confused. Don't listen to the person who said that, Chris. It's that simple. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you mean Twitter would tell me wrong? <laughs> I cannot believe this. Twitter would oh. tell you. No, yeah, Twitter is always correct, right? I will, yeah. I will not stand for Twitter slander on this show. It was on the internet, so it must it be must true. It must be true. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Twitter is a river, and some rivers are... You know, beautiful, clean, and, you know, you know exactly where you stand. Uh, and then there are others that look pretty, and then the instant you step in it, you're, you're sucked under uh, a You've strong riptide and You've swept s- down current. I'm just saying. Yeah. Know who you follow. <laughs> just because somebody is on Twitter doesn't mean that they should be on Twitter. I hear you. Boom. <laughs> John Morant. Memphis Grizzlies guard, Western Conference Player of the Week after going for 33 against Phoenix, 41, and the game winner against the Lakers, and just 30 against the Spurs, um, becomes the third Memphis player since 2016 to be so honored following Mark Gasol and Mike Conley Jr., so. How many weeks have there been in the in the NBA se- season, and we've, we've had three players of the week? In like five years, that's that's rough. There you go. <laughs> well, let's just put there's a hey the, the the Grizzlies went through a stretch there where things were a little down and 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 here's the thing 
you know, there's a lot of great players in the NBA. It does take something to break through, and John Morant did it last week. I mean, he outdueled LeBron. Uh, they win in Phoenix. I mean, that's that's what made that game even more impressive. They won in Phoenix. Uh, you know, and then they also beat the Spurs in that stretch. And, you know, and when you beat LeBron, some, you know, kind of head-to-head in a way, that gets attention. And I'll just say this. Um, I, I, I'm very curious to see what happens with the All-Star picks because he has made an incredibly strong case this year. I mean, the, the leap in his play, you know, he, he's averaging nearly, I think, six to eight points more. Uh, his shooting percentage from three, he was a 30% shooter last year from three. And, you know, he, right now he's, he's over 40. So it's like if he can average just 40% from three, uh, a, a buddy of mine down in Memphis, Peter Edmondson, he's making the argument that Jaw would be unguardable. If he can drive to the paint with his floaters and, and his eye for handing off and dishing off the ball uh, to the open guy, and he's knocking down threes, I, I do agree. How do you guard this young boy? And I tell you, man, from the time I, – I, I'll admit, I've been a John Morant fan since watching him a little bit in college. But watching him come into the draft, it, I've just had the feel that, you know, that Zion might – Zion Williamson, great player, but that he, this may end up being a little bit like that Sam Bowie draft where you've got a guy who physically his body just doesn't hold up the way you'd like to on a basketball court. And then, oh, yeah, here's this other guy who's just doing some amazing things with the basketball. And, and John Morant, guys, he, this team with John Morant is fourth in the West. Fourth in the West. And they had to fight and scrap their way to get into the play-in game last year and, and, and get into the playoffs. And right now they've got, they're sitting there with a margin at number four in the West. It's impressive to see the leap. And not just Josh, Jaron Jackson Jr., also uh, Desmond Bain. Guys, I love watching that kid play. Talk about the uh, benefit of playing four seasons in college before you go to the league. Uh, that kid is really blossomed this year. But, you know, anytime they turn to somebody on the roster, they usually come through. It's, it's been fun to watch that team. And if you don't watch the NBA, check out the Grizzlies. You might surprise yourself. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Teresa, you know, the slight that I, that I keep bringing up of, of – Twitter saying that Memphis was better out without Ja. Has he, has this, has that fueled this run that he's on right now, do you think? No, I'll say this. I, the kid was talking about, uh, and I say kid because, you know, what, 22? Uh, and I'm tracking, you know, I could be, a, uh, I'm not going to say grandma. I probably could. Never mind. We won't go down that road. No, but the thing with Ja Morant is he, he, ta- he came into training camp talking about, how he'd been working in the dark, working in the dark. This kid is, he he is a young man who is self-motivated to be better, to want to be among the best to play this game. You know, you know, his dad who had him, you know, training, you know, getting his jump and his, his uh, vertical uh, skills going by jumping off a truck tires back in the day down in South Carolina. You know, now he's got the tools, the money, the wherewithal to surround himself with all the best help to help him be physically at his best. But, you know, the, the key is him honing his skills and the development in his shooting the three to me is the bigger, biggest sign. He, he knew that he's got to do more to, to be a more effective guard on the, on the court. And he went this offseason and worked and worked and worked. You know, and, and he, again, he called it, you know, working in the dark and that the dark was about, you know, 
Well, he's been trying to do that for a long time, not just because somebody wrote on Twitter that they were better off without him. Uh, the fact of the matter is when they can get all these pieces together uh, and, and get a little bit going, I'm curious to see what they can do all together. I mean, right now they play at Brooklyn tonight. They've got six guys uh, in the COVID health and safety protocols, uh, including Dylan Brooks. Kyle Anderson's the latest to go in there. Um, but, uh, you know, w- once they get these pieces together and can try to put together some kind of run, they're fourth in the West with Shaw having missed a couple of weeks with, you know, uh, Darren Jackson Jr. missing. Dylan Brooks didn't, you know, miss the start of the season. You know, it almost was like ships passing the night when when Shaw went out with his uh, knee injury. So if they can get these pieces on the court together for a month at a time, I would love to see what they do because they've been doing this with guys stepping in and out of the lineup for various reasons, and yet they haven't missed much of a beat. It, it, that's, that's what's making this one so fun to watch. Teresa Walker here with us, and uh, I want to shift gears real quick to the Tennessee Titans as they are currently sitting. Let's talk about them. <laughs> yeah, let, let's talk about the, the number one seed in the AFC currently, the Tennessee Titans. But before we get to yesterday or anything else, is there anything to this Bud Dupree story coming out from Nashville Scoop saying that he was uh, a part of a group that, quote, vandalized a Walgreens in North Nashville? Well, let's just say this. Uh, I've seen the reports. Uh, the Metro Police wants to talk to him. Uh, right now, it's you know some allegations. You would assume that there's some video inside the Walgreens that they could look at to, to verify some things. But at this point, you know the, the allegations is that somebody started, an employee started using his phone to shoot video of Bud Dupree. I don't know why you'd want video of him walking through the store. You know, should, wouldn't you want video of him playing on Sunday? But uh, you know, so. They're investigating. And here's the thing. I'm not writing anything until there's an actual charge filed or an arrest made because, uh, you know, what's that thing about opinions? Well, in this case, uh, police can invest any investigate anything that somebody has alleged. Let's see if there's something else to that. Sounds good. Just wanted to get that out the way. <laughs> Otherwise, this Titans defense just continues to dominate over the last few weeks and Sunday, no exception. Guys, this defense is, let me check my notes. They're sixth in the NFL now in scoring defense, fifth in the league in sacks. They got 46 sacks. They had 19 all of last year. Remember last year, you know, for the last, you know, last season and into the off season, how dare he make Shane Bowen the defensive coordinator? He should just get a new guy. Well, what they did instead was they changed out a bunch of players. You know, seven, eight players, you know, off of that defense last year, gone. New guys brought in. Denico Autry, nine sacks. Bud Dupree had his best game possibly of the year yesterday. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, and I'm trying to think, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, uh, shoot, Buster Screen, a guy from Chattanooga, you know, played with the mocks. You know, he's, he's been in the league a long time. He's now finally getting to go to the, uh, to the playoffs for the first time in his career, but they changed out that many guys and, it made a difference. Uh, you know, they are, you know, they're, they're second against the run. I mean, they're doing things. And when you watch them play, you know, swarming to the ball, you know, it, when I watch them, it kind of reminds me of the old John Ward phrase and a host of volunteers because you got guys just rushing onto the ball carrier. 
And, you know, part of it is the fact, you know, Mike Rabel's talked about this. Part of it is just the rest. They got the buy December 5th. They had the, the weekend off, uh, the mini buy after the 49ers game. Being rested helps you run faster, feel better. Uh, maybe you can ignore some aches and pains a little easier when you've had some rest. But they've been playing together now, so you also have that continuity, the chemistry. You know, Kevin Byard's been there. Monty Hooker's been there for much of the year, even though he had a stint on IR. Uh, you know, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, he comes in and out of the lineup, but then they've just been plugging people in. It's been fun to watch this defense, and it's amazing the difference a pass rush makes. But some of the pa- some of the sacks are coming because they're covering in the secondary. It's all working in hand, and I just kind of go back to that. Sometimes it really is about the players. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. JP says that we have a question from our Facebook listeners yeah it's uh from phil it says will we ever in all caps by the way see julio jones play again this year yes in fact i just got an email that they've activated him off of covid list um you know you didn't notice him so much in the uh, game against the niners because well aj brown went off um but you know here's the thing i still maintain this that julio jones that whole trade was to Get a guy to help them in the postseason. Uh, remember the playoff loss to the Baltimore Ravens? Corey Davis was hurt, went to the sideline, made it easier for the Ravens to double A.J. Brown and, you know, swarm Derrick Henry, and that helped shut down the Tennessee Titans offense. So, you know, you can't ignore Julio Jones. If you do, do you know, he did have a 100-yard game in Seattle. Now, you know, I, I know that there were fans hoping that he'd have one of those every week, and he's dealt with the hamstring. Now it's the stint on the COVID list, but he's back. And if the Titans can get the number one seed, that buys more time for him to, you know, heal up, be in better shape, and be in better condition. And I maintain that he was brought in to help catch balls in January. We're now in January. So, guys, if he makes one touchdown catch in a playoff game to help them win, uh, how many people would say that was worth it then, right? I mean, right now it's tough to look at the production and say, oh, yeah, of course they should have made that trade. I understand that argument. But, again, let's see what the next month potentially more brings to this team. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, um, we're going to ambush you here. Can you stick around with us for another segment? Sure can. We appreciate it. We'll be back after this on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. More with Teresa Walker talking. Titans and other NFL stuff. stuff. Plenty of it. So stay with us. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. 
Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. From the Blue Raiders to the two-tone blue, covering the teams you care about. It's only on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in as we continue talking about the Tennessee Titans and other NFL news with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) So wild. I I don't... I, I was having internet issues yesterday and... So my streaming of CBS was struggling at times. Obviously, when it rains, charter gets a little iffy. Um, so it's it, all I see on my screen is like can't load player, blah blah blah. But then I hear it pop up out of nowhere with the audio, and all I hear is hey hey hey, and then the fans hey, <laughs> it's like how you doing? How's your mom and them? Right. <laughs> like everybody in the stands all at once. That was absolute nuts, but. Uh, <laughs> Teresa, did you hear any? Did you hear that live? Like, what was your reaction to that? Oh, the the, the Sean Smith yesterday with the hey hey hey. Yes, <laughs> that was so. I, I loved it because it's like you know, it's like, and, and I will say this: a lot of people were tweeting, "Hey hey hey!" No, hey 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 hey! He got a fourth hey in there. Oh, so so it wasn't uh, a Fat Albert impression. It, it was, well, I think he. I I don't know why he did it. I loved it because the fun part was how the crowd completely responded. So, um, it, it, you know, they came back with, hey. So, I mean, that was a fun interaction that, you, I mean, usually it's, hey, ref, you suck. And there was lots of that after the grounding call that they completely missed. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, Tua Tonga-Valoa, you know, hits the ground around the offensive lineman and Mike Gusecki is, you know, five to eight yards past that. If that truly was intended for him, then it would have needed a, uh, you know, earth board to go under the ground and then pop back up. I'm just saying. But, uh, you know, it was a fun moment. Uh, the moment that nearly I nearly missed was the person who decided to run on the field. I think at the start of the fourth quarter, and it's like, seriously, dude, this isn't about you, you know? Um, and by the time he got to the security guard, he had his hand up in the air. It was almost like he gave himself up because he, he seemed to be a little tired. So don't get on the field if you can't run all the way. 
Well, he, they and and the TV broadcast was not showing him. I mean, they they zoomed in on the Titans' offense at the time, so you know that that was nice. I don't know. Have you seen this video of Brett Kern and Jeffrey Simmons? So Kern, I have not. Kern is on the sideline after a a punt or something. I don't know, and or I'm sorry, after the defense comes off the field, and he's got his he's asking for high five and Simmons just walks by him. And so he goes, Kern goes to the bench and says, next time you'd leave me hanging on high five, we got problems. <laughs> Good for him. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. Good but for him. I, I'll tell you, this has just been a, a, a crazy week. <laughs> has it not? <laughs> it has been crazy, but you know, if you think about it, that's, you know, nobody wants to be left hanging when they're trying to get a high five, I mean, it's like, come on, can you get me? Uh, but, you know, you want the highest of five. Sorry, that was a, you know, how I met your mother reference you uh, to anyone who ever watched that show. Sorry. Good call. Good call. Exactly. It was legendary. Um, but <laughs> Legend, wait for it. The, exactly. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, that's what you're looking at. I mean, I had to do my Titans analysis today, and I really had to work for the – Stock down and the you know what needs help because you know that's how that's the kind of game yesterday was. I mean, you could pick nitpick. Oh well, you know Ryan Tannehill they didn't pick up a first down until you know what second third drive or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, and one of the sections I picked was you know they need to be better in the red zone because they're first in the NFL and when it's goal to go. Part of that reason has been probably Derrick Henry with his 10 touchdowns earlier in the year. But, you know, when they get down there, whether it's Ryan Tannehill running in or what, they've been able to convert. But they have had some struggles inside the 20. So I, I went with that. But, you know, you've got a streaker. Thank God he had his clothes on. You've got problems with the high fives on the sideline. Um, and, you know, they've just activated Julio Jones, Kendall Lamb, and Jayon Brown off of the COVID list. So, you know, Right now, things are looking good for the Titans. So, um, I, it's 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 not a bad feeling right now, right? Teresa, you talk about things looking good for the Titans, and and one of the reasons I think things are looking good for the Titans has been a guy who's been overlooked to me, Deontay Foreman. Why did it take them so long to find him? Well, they knew who he was. He was on the roster last year for a while. So, um, you know, but you've got Derrick Henry, and they were looking for, you know, Jeremy McNichol is a guy who we've seen him be so incredibly successful on screens and, and bring that speed and, you know, kind of slitheriness uh, to, you know, part of his game to, to the team. You, you want a little change-up. you got the, you know, big Derrick Henry. You want somebody who can dip and dive and, and remember what uh, Dion? Oh God, now I can't even remember his name. The, the former Patriot, Dion Lewis, who they signed to to be the help in the screen game. Well, people know that Jeremy McNichol is going to probably catch a screen, and it hadn't stopped help defenses stop him. So, um, you know that's he that brings value to the offense. Um, you know, Deontay Foreman is a, a very similar to Derrick Henry, and you know so I think it was just that they were trying to mix some things up. And he was, he was home. He was home when they signed him on November 2nd and they bring him in. He wasn't with somebody in a camp. He was not in football. And as Mike Rabel kind of talked yesterday, uh, you know, some of these guys, 
uh, and he said it today again, you know, some of these guys who didn't have a job, Buster Screen, one of them, you know, they, Golden Tate as well. When you're out of football and you get a call and come in and you're joining a team and you're playing uh, and contributing on a, a team that's winning, you know, you're kind of like stray cats. You know, you're dead, you know, you want this place. You want this job. You are, you're not giving it up because you've been out in the cold well, with nothing around you. So that's, that's part of that benefit. You know, he's running with a purpose. And Mike Vrabel praised Deontay Foreman today. You know, he had the, it was an ugly, painful fumble in New England, uh, where he, he was running to the end zone. That would have, a touchdown that would have given the Titans a lead on the road against the Patriots on a day where you could just tell all they were doing was running the ball. 270 yards they don't win that game because the ball gets tripped out yesterday foreman is running down the field has another breakaway and defenders chasing down and they're trying to knock that ball out it didn't come out so you know there's been definite improvement this guy was a third round pick out of texas by the houston texans gotta think he's gonna really want to have a chance on sunday to remind the texans of what they let go well that brings me to my next point don't never mind. okay that's a little Lawrence Taylor reference from the water boy um brings me to my next point is that we could see Derrick Henry on the practice field this week potentially and what does that mean for this running attack that's that's going to be the fun thing to see what do they do you know Dontrell Hilliard is a guy who's similar to McNichol and gives some of the ability to catch out of the backfield. He's also put together some really great runs. I mean, he put the capper on him yesterday with that long touchdown run himself. Um, you know, you also have Jeremy Nickel, who's looking healthier. But, it, you know, and Mike Rabel told us today that they've been talking about it, about when to activate Derrick Henry. And, guys, that doesn't mean put him on the roster, he starts playing. Uh, when you're on IR, you get a 21-day period to practice with the team to see where you're at, see where you're physically at, and get you into football shape, okay? Um, now, with Derrick Henry, we're kind of used to those off-season workout videos. We're thinking, oh, just put him in. He's fine. But, uh, you know, he's been out for eight. I think this Sunday would be like the 10th week, I think, counting uh, the buys that uh, since he was, put, you know, hurt the foot. Um, so, you know, even he might need a few days, right? Uh, so we're expecting, Mike Rabel said a decision likely midweek. I honestly am expecting, uh, a, a, an email from the Titans on Wednesday morning, probably within 30 minutes before Mike Rabel talks to us at midday saying, you know, he's been activated to the practice. I love the phrasing activated to the return to practice window situation. And that gives them, you know, it, people looks great Wednesday, Thursday, Friday then maybe you say, sure, go ahead and play him a few snaps on Sunday. You know, maybe you scratch Dontrell Hilliard. Maybe you scratch Foreman. Or, you know, maybe it's McNichol. Give him a few reps. Or you just let him keep practicing. And if they get the number one seed, then you've got truly a three-week window to let him kind of shake off the rust uh, and, and work himself back into a bit of football shape. The challenge is, you know, it, 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 this is where it's going to be tough to read the tea leaves. Mike Rabel, in his four years as head coach, has tended to err on the side of caution that if a guy could, you know, benefit from an extra week off, he sits him. You know, most notably, um, his first game, Taylor Wan gets a concussion, and he told us he told Ron, uh, "No, you're not playing next week. You're going to get over this concussion." You know, I think that's his 14 years as an NFL player. Come 
talking to Bear. But on the other hand, guys are banged up. You're not really doing a ton of padded practices at this point, certainly not really in the postseason. Um, so getting Derrick Henry real true football snaps actually could be on Sunday in Houston, right? So at this point, stay tuned is my best advice on what happens with Derrick Henry. That's what I said four weeks ago was I would like to see him in a game before the playoffs just to get his legs back under him and get hit a couple of times right. because it looks like we're going to get that extra week anyway. And if Derrick Henry can get it, can get us to that point, boy, wouldn't that be fantastic. And again, we, we, we cannot, we would be remiss if we did not mention that once again, Mike Vrabel with a win after long rest, and in the event the Titans were to be the one seed, he right. would only have to win one game, not on, on long rest. rest. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, it, I know. I, I can't I can't remember who it was on Twitter that said that Mike Vrabel's record is like 8-0 after buys or Thursday night games. So, you know, for the people, for the Titan fans who remember the loss to Baltimore in 2000, 2008, when the Titans were the one seed and had the bye, uh, I, I can understand some whiplash there, some some bad memories and thinking, no, 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 we don't want that. But that's the thing. This is a different coach, a different coaching staff, and a different team. Uh, and, I, you know, as long as you're not facing the Ravens, maybe that's the key. Maybe that is the key, in fact. Hey, um, we got about three and a half minutes left, and I, I, we've got to talk about Antonio Brown at least at some point because yesterday the initial reaction to Antonio Brown's outburst was this guy is a, a head case and I don't know how they dealt with him for two years or a year and a half or however long. But then the news comes out that perhaps he wasn't feeling a hundred percent and didn't feel like going into a ball game. And he was given an ultimatum by Bruce Arians to either get in the game or get off my field. And he chose the latter. And I don't even know. I don't know where to start with this. This is just it's, this is an odd situation, but Antonio Brown seems to find those. Well, I'll say this: the way he stripped off his uniform and walked off the field, I hadn't seen that before. Vontae Davis, I think it was, you know, quit at halftime of a Buffalo Bills game, mm-hmm. but at least he was at home and he didn't throw equipment off and strip off his uh, jersey uh, before he left the field. So, you know, the story is probably somewhere in the middle. But when I hear that, you know, that idea that he was ordered into the game, wasn't feeling good, um, you know, that feels a little spinish, uh, trying to, you know, maybe put a different light on it. This guy, you know, the thing that was trending last night that caught my attention, Montez Burfick was uh, trending. And kind of reminded me of the hit that he put on Antonio Brown once upon a time, um, when he was still with the Steelers. And I just, I don't know what's going on. I just hope that Antonio Brown gets some help because you don't strip off in the cold like that. Yeah. Just because you're, 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 you've been told to get off the sideline. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, yes, you could be mad at your coach and Bruce Arians has had his back. That's the thing. The coach that's had his back all year and had it when he was suspended for the, uh, you know, the whole backs card that was fake situation. Uh, that's the thing. Suddenly this guy is telling you to get in the game and, and that's your reaction because, you know, you, you, you think you're still so hurt. 
you can't play. I mean, guys, we know players, when they're dressed, they want to play. If you've got the uniform on and you're active, you're standing there thinking, when am I getting in the game, right? Yeah, I mean, that was it, my thought too. If, if you're not wanting to play, then you're not standing up on the sidelines. You're probably back on the bench or back out of the mix, that kind of thing. So, and and I just can't see Arians being that type guy. But especially with everything he sure, that he's he sure done, seem like it. it, everything he's done in support of AB to this point. So, stay tuned. I think but that's typically the case with Antonio Brown. You should stay tuned. Teresa, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We always appreciate it. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. We could just talk to her for two hours on Monday. Just just so much to talk about. And we could continue talking about the Titans if we wanted to on the other side. And perhaps we will mention some. But we will also talk about some college football news. So stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today returns after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Sports talk like it used to be. You know, like your crazy uncle used to listen to. Only better. Here's Chris and Mel. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is 2022, and we are happy to have you along with us. Sporting my winter classic gear today. Two two years? Has it been two two years since the Dallas trip? Yeah. Did you guys watch any of um, the winter classic? I did not. From uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, they played at uh, 
at Target Field where the Twins play. Yeah. Temperature during the game, um, minus 7 degrees. <laughs> Feels like minus 18. <gasps> that thing got a roof? Quite. It does uh, not have a roof. It does not have a roof. <laughs> and I can tell you that because I drove past it back in yep. April when we were Perhaps it should. It looks like a beautiful stadium. It is. Uh, but uh, the coldest outdoor NHL game on record. Well, I guess not the, that there's a long history of that, but I guess the ice didn't melt like the stadium no. series last year, or whatever the series, yeah. whatever they played in Reno, or. But whatever. it was quite quite the sight. That's quite the know, sight. That's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. I I didn't watch any of it because um, when I was in Dallas, it was sixty. So I'm wearing like this, <laughs> thinking, can I take this off and wear a short sleeve shirt <laughs> because this is this I'm starting to sweat. So yeah. Uh, I'm just uh, just excited the Preds are, by the way, in first place in the Central Division. So, how about that? Talk about a competitive rebuild. Didn't see this one coming. So, anyway. Um, I didn't have any other NFL stuff to really talk about other than I was impressed with Joe Burrow and the way the Bengals were able to come back after that halftime deficit. Thought that was pretty interesting and well done to them. I thought uh, I thought the the folks who stuck around at Nissan Stadium to watch that game in the concourse was pretty cool too. I figured they were showing it on the big screen. They may have been, but I I saw some people celebrating in the concourse, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty interesting in and of itself. Continuing though as we kind of go down in level of football. Uh, before we get into college football, we do want to mention a couple hours ago it was announced that Tullahoma has hired a head football coach to replace legendary coach John Olive. They have now named Coy Sisk the head football coach. He is elevated from defensive coordinator. Oh. Yeah, um, he had been on the staff, and you know <laughs> – I think this is a situation that kind of called for that. Most of the time when you're going through a head coaching change, you're wanting to make a clean sweep. <laughs> Tullahoma coming off a 15-0 and 0, uh, state championship season and obviously had restabilized things with Coach Olive, and so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think it was a great call by the, by the principal, Jason Quick, down there. Um staying on staff, just kind of continuing the stability and, and maintaining some, some continuity there with with the elevation of defensive coordinator Coy Sisk, who it's a little odd that he's even there, to be honest, because if you know, if you know anything about that community, Tullahoma and Coffee County don't necessarily mix, but um, mm. Sisk was twice – Defensive coordinator for the Red Raiders and also coach at Marshall County and at Lincoln County from which he graduated in 1993, which I think would have been about the time Kelly Holcomb was there as well. So, But um, I'm sure that they are happy to have that done as the spring semester and off-season workouts and that kind of thing get going. So, Coy Sisk the new head man at Tullahoma. 
talking college football, kind of getting into the uh, the bowl games and whatnot. I, I don't know where Mo. I don't know where you sit in in your pick'em. Well, I can tell you, but I can tell you that I'm a game ahead of JP, and JP's last in the standings. Well, what is JP? JP currently seventeen and eighteen. So you are eighteen and seventeen. I'm sorry, seventeen and nineteen. I am eighteen and eighteen. Seventeen and nineteen. Five hundred, huh? I am. I was eighteen and seventeen, and then stupid. Um. So there have been thirty six games. Because I'm yes. twenty and fifteen. Yes. Wonder which one I'm missing. You may have uh, fat fingered a selection like I did uh, a couple of times. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm. Ole Miss I'm, got me. Oh yeah. Uh, well, didn't see Corral getting hurt. Thanks. That was one thing that I was really on a rant about was, you know, the whole opt out, Kirk Herb streak, running off at the mouth kind of thing on Friday. Um. Let these guys make the decisions that they need to make for their futures. If and it, don't control and don't and don't be mad at them either way. Either way, I mean, if these guys decide, you know, I'm not going to play in a meaningless bowl game, a meaningless bowl game being anything that isn't for a national championship. Let them let them do what they need to do. I don't think their teammates hold it against them. I don't think their coaching staffs hold it against them. You saw the Missouri coaching staff that that wouldn't play. Right, Tyler Beatty told him you're not playing. Yeah, so I mean, and the guys that do play, you just hope for the best. And, Good for and, them. And, and yeah, and it's fantastic. But don't hold these guys up as paragons of virtue. Matt Corral didn't opt out, as Joe Tessitore said about three minutes before the injury. Did you see what Corral said? Uh-uh. He had a he had a a post before the game that said, "Look, I'm going out there. I'm going. I'm I'm going to fight with my teammates, and I know the risk. And whatever happens, happens. If it's my time to be done, then it's my time. You know, it is what it is. Sure. He probably doesn't get hurt if his lineman doesn't fall on top of the guy who tackled him. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. Why do linemen do that? Why do offensive linemen jump on top of piles? Do they not realize that their guy's on the bottom of that pile? Like, is that does that not cross their minds? Because <laughs> there's a certain offensive lineman who plays on Sundays for a certain team that we follow who took himself out for a few weeks diving on a pile like that. Don't do it. It's dumb. Yep. Anyway, Sugar Bowl was a bore fest because of Corral. Crowd doesn't go. I don't know that it was a bore fest because Luke Altmaier showed you some things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just felt like I, I didn't think that either offense was very good at any point. Uh, they weren't consistently good. I mean, Baylor's quarterback at one point was like 5 of 14 for 32 yards. I was trying to figure out where John Rice Plumley is. They targeted him once. Why was he not – after after halftime, I don't know why you don't go to him if you want to win the game. Because he's a receiver. I mean, it turned out Altmaier turned out, you know, he, he did show you some things. Mm-hmm. But, boy, 
your first college meaningful snaps are against, against that Baylor defense. in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Hey, baptism by fire, my buddy. Go get him. Not just him, though, but, you know, same thing happened in the Rose Bowl. Mm. I mean, Utah has to go to Bryson Barnes. Who? Who did nothing but, you know, lead them on a a game, a touchdown, go-ahead touchdown drive. Or, no, I'm sorry, game-tying touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. Before Ohio State kicked the field goal to win it. Before Utah went into the I don't want to win defense. The prevent? Yeah. Prevent me from winning defense. There you go. And, but was that the best game of the weekend? Most entertaining? Utah, Ohio State? Yeah. Either that or the Music City Bowl. Yeah. But yeah, music, those were the best two. But the Music the City Bowl was not great for me because, you know, I'm cussing. But <laughs> neither here nor there. All right. Most entertaining game for, by far. And, and and I'm sure that maybe next week we'll have a top five bowl games uh, for you on Tuesday. So we won't get into that too much. But I just thought that was a very entertaining football game. In uh, Jigba Smith, is that in Jigba? Smith and Jigba. Smith Smith and Jigba. That dude and Marvin Harrison Jr., holy cow. Yeah, who needs a, a lave? Who needs a lave, exactly. It, it, does it sound strange to anybody else to be yes. mentioning Marvin Harrison Jr.? Did you see the picture of him in his dad's arms, like five years old or whatever? Yeah, yeah. less. Guys, I, um, I just saw a notification come across, and you may have already known this, but we haven't talked about it. Caleb Williams, Oklahoma quarterback, will enter the transfer portal, according to The Athletic. Clearly, you're not reading, reading your runoff show. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, clearly I'm not. So get to it, boys. Well, and, and, well, listen, I just had a notification come up a minute ago. So, so I, yeah, you just I, added it, too, I'm, I'm assuming, right? I was kind of going yep. backwards because I wanted to, I did want to get to that. But, you know. Um, just going based on when I got ba- the got He basically the news, so. said that, you know, Oklahoma is still an option. Mm-hmm. He's just weighing his options. Wouldn't that be something, though? You lose Spencer Rattler and Kayla Williams. He he told Brent Venables, "You going to have to recruit me," and <laughs> and they are. I mean, Oklahoma football has put out a release as well, pretty much extolling the virtues of Oklahoma football and what they can do for him and what they will try to do for him as far as the um. NIL and that kind of thing. So so they, they are recruiting him, in fact. Trying to find that um, tweet here on Twitter. Yeah. You, good for Caleb, I guess. But I'm curious. Caleb Williams enjoyed an exciting and impactful first season at the University of Oklahoma, and we will continue to be engaged with him and his family on a comprehensive plan for his development as a student and a quarterback, including a path to graduation and strategic leveraging of NIL opportunities. While we believe OU provides Caleb the best opportunity to develop as a player and realize his goals for college and beyond, we respect his right to explore his options following key staffing changes here. (laughs) 
OU's commitment to student-athlete development and its powerful track record of preparing players for the next level, including quarterbacks for the NFL, is unparalleled. Jeff Levy is one of the most elite offensive coordinators and quarterback developers in the country. With the players we know are returning and new ones on the way, we will continue to be explosive on offense under his direction. This program, which has won more games than any other since 1999, is blessed with talented individuals up and down the roster and on its coaching staff. We stand ready to build on the momentum of last year's 11 wins and bowl victory and to continue OU's longstanding championship tradition. So again, Joe Castiglione and Brent Venables are recruiting Caleb Williams again. Well, for the first time in their in their yeah, case, well, I guess I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they recruited him to try to go to Clemson or not. But I don't assume. I assume Venables wouldn't have been the guy recruiting him either way. So no, I wouldn't think. <laughs> here you go. Uh, and, and you know, he did have a run in with Joe Brady before he chose Oklahoma. As I was telling you off the air, that was that's the reason Joe Brady went to the NFL because he spent a lot of time recruiting Caleb Williams, only for him to choose Oklahoma and. Brady said, I ain't doing this no more. And I don't blame him. <laughs> well, it's been a great show. Went by like a flash, which we expected with so much to talk about. We'll get into the Music City Bowl tomorrow. Because I got into a pretty big heat, a pretty heated argument on Twitter with a guy who, he's well, an Oklahoma fan who doesn't understand the plight of Tennessee fans in the Music City Bowl. And a lot of folks talking trash on Twitter who don't know what they're talking about. So we got all that, much more. Come back tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel for Mo and JP. I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.